from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And hello again, everybody. Mike Salmon with you alongside Victoria Collier. And as you just heard, Senior Salute Radio is brought to you by the estate and asset protection law firm of Victoria Collier. And every month on a bi-monthly basis, Senior Salute Radio brings you timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And today, Victoria, as we do this show, we're approaching the end of 2019. It has just flown by. I tell you, every year gets faster and faster. <laughs> and I, Which is kind of sad as you get older because we don't <laughs> want them to go faster. We want things to slow down. But as we do our last show of the year, of the calendar year, I know you want to recap some of the most popular episodes that you had this past year. I do. I think that while the year does go by so fast that we can forget all the great nuggets that we've gotten along the way. So I want to kind of slow down a little bit and remind everybody that several months ago we might have talked about something that was relevant if not then then maybe it's relevant now and just kind of highlight some of the the most popular shows that we've had this year as we do that let's start with number one here and and this is in no order just some of the more popular programs but the differences you talked about this year between ep el and ap talk about what those acronyms mean sure so starting with acronyms is always a good thing right ep stands for estate planning el is elder law and then ap is asset protection and so there's a big difference between estate planning elder law and asset protection even though it might be all under the guise of estate planning or at least people think it is you know just like all sodas are Coke when you're in the South, you know, (laughs) but yet they all taste very differently and people specialize in certain types of planning. So estate planning itself is primarily focused on what I would call death distribution. What do you want to do with your things when you die, right? And when I'm talking to the community and I'm asking a question, you know, how many of you have done estate planning? They'll raise their hand and I'll say, what do you have? A will. Well, a will is just that. It says what happens to your stuff when you die. When I ask, you know, how many people have a power of attorney for health care? Not as many hands go up. But they will say they have a living will. They want to make sure they don't have life support. But a living will is different than a health care power of attorney. And that's part of elder law. And has certainly become much more a part of elder law because your traditional estate planning attorney, they may do a power of attorney for health and they may do a power of attorney for finances, but they're using the most basic standard form that you get out of the code, the law books, versus actually customizing it to you and your needs and your family. For example, somebody who has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, their plan may look very different and should look very different than somebody who's 94 and completely independent. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone who's singles plan would look very different than someone who's married. And I'm not talking about the will. I'm talking about the powers of attorney. And that's elder law, where we are, instead of planning for your death distribution of things, we are planning for what if you keep living 
And how are we going to take care of you while you're alive with those things that you may or may not have when you die, you yeah. know? And, and the facts are, correct me if I'm wrong, people are living longer these days. People are absolutely living longer. And sometimes that's with quality. Sometimes it's without quality. But nonetheless, people are living longer and we have to plan for it either way. But even if they don't live longer, Mike, like my dad, he was 68 when he died, uh, which is young in my book. He still needed planning ahead of time, right? right? Uh, we had the fortunate ability to know that he had a chronic illness called heart disease, that planning could be done ahead of time. And some people don't have that luxury. In fact, locally, I think there's some stores right here in Gwinnett County, but also in DeKalb, where I'm from, the owner of Bambinelli's, which is my son's favorite, favorite, favorite Italian restaurant. She died a couple weeks ago of a heart attack. It's my understanding it was a heart attack. Mm -hmm. 64 years old, young, no warning, no notice that, you know, us from the general eye could look at. So this is not an issue, even though it's called elder law, it's not an issue for people who are just old. It's a people who want to age with dignity and grace and make sure that the gift they give to the people they love is a process, an outline, documents that are already done so that it's done without confusion and minimal stress. One of the things I know you've always harked upon over the course of doing the show is people that say, well, I feel fine. I'll get around to it. You want to do it when you're feeling fine. (laughs) Exactly. Because when you're not feeling fine, it's a little late. All of a sudden you have an accident and you can't think straight or you have a brain injury or whatever. It's too late. Right. And I can't even tell you how many times I get a phone call from our wonderful referral sources, like care managers that are in the community, that are with the people who need care, that literally have cancer, that are about to die within a week, and they haven't done any planning for death or otherwise, and yet they've had the cancer, for example, for three months, six months, or more, and it's the week that the doctor finally says, I think you've got three days that the family or the professional care manager is calling to say, they don't have a will. We need something in place. Wow. Yeah, sometimes we can do it and sometimes we can't. Okay, the one thing we have not gotten to yet, Victoria, is asset protection. AP, as we like to call it, not for Amanda Peerch, our (laughs) producer and sales and marketing person and all that good stuff and business development person as well, but AP as an asset protection. Absolutely. So asset protection falls both nicely under estate planning and or elder law in that when people, when they're not thinking about death, they're thinking about how do I protect my assets while I'm alive, okay? Either because they want them to extend out the rest of their life and they feel insecure that the amount of assets they have are going to cover everything that they'll need, especially if they do have a long-term care need. Or they want to make sure it's protected so that um, they can leave money to their children or their grandchildren or to charities that they feel close to. And then there's the other reasons that they maybe own a business or they have teenagers that are driving now and they want to protect their assets from future lawsuits, meaning they're not currently in a lawsuit, but they're high risk factors for lawsuits, then there's a whole nother level of planning called asset protection where we can help protect people's assets 
And if they need veterans benefits or if they go into a nursing home for long-term care, we can protect their assets and help them get on Medicaid, for example. Or if they're business owners, we can protect their assets from lawsuits outside the firm. We can kind of we can protect their assets from internal disagreements like between partners and things like that. So asset protection is definitely more complicated but it provides the biggest reward for people who want to ensure that their assets are not taken by any outside source. I want to remind everybody that you're listening to Senior Salute Radio, and on today's uh, year-end show, we're recapping some of the more popular episodes from this past year. And as you talk about asset protection and the other things that we've talked about, keep in mind that we're just recapping it on this show. If you really want to get more detail and get more into the bushes, go back and look at the previous episodes at businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Senior Salute Radio, and you'll see all the episodes from the past year, and you'll see the specific episode that talks about estate planning and elder law and asset protection and that of course goes into more details another one of the more popular shows we did this year victoria was when you were talking about the four different types of estate planning out there so again estate planning is really how do i want my things to go when i die and so there's different avenues of how to set that up depending on what's important to the person for people who choose to do planning and mike you'd be shocked to or at least I'm shocked that still 60% of people die with no planning whatsoever. After doing the show with you for the past year, I'm not shocked about that because <laughs> we've talked about that. Yeah. So, but if we're going to do planning, the most basic level of planning is actually called a will, a last will and testament. And so that's the document that someone would draft up properly for their state that says, when I die, this is who gets my stuff. This is how they get it, and this is when they get it, okay? And when you do a will, you then have to name an executor who is the person that the court may then appoint to carry out your desires. I've seen people who do wills on their own, because, you know, why can't you just do one off the Internet, that have not named an executor. Or, worse... They've named an executor, but they forgot to name who the beneficiary was to get the stuff. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. For those online wills that you can do, is something better than nothing? You don't want to do just that. You you want to do it professionally. But if you at least do that, is that better than nothing? Or could that just maybe sometimes just complicate the matter? It can complicate the matter. If it's done wrong. Correct. Correct. Um, Sometimes it's better than nothing. Sometimes it's worse than nothing. (laughs) And sometimes it's, and I'll be honest, sometimes it's better than some forms that I've seen lawyers do (laughs) that are not actually estate planning or elder law attorneys. But we won't name who they are. No, of course not. Um, The list would be way too long. But I definitely think that even if you do your documents online, you should have them reviewed by a competent specialist in estate planning or elder law. That's a good point. Even if they don't draw it out for you, at least have them review it to see if there is something that's just so wrong that it could be fixed. Right, right. So a will, what I'd like to really highlight here is that when people do a will, they think, "Ah, I'm done. That's it everything's taken care of. Now my state won't go through the court process. Well, and that's wrong. If you have what's called, well, if you have assets that are in your individual name without co-owners or joint owners, without transfer on death or payable on death beneficiaries, then your asset will still go through the probate court 
and it's your will that says where it goes. But having a will does not avoid probate. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does avoid probate is the second type of estate planning, and that's a revocable living trust. And a living trust is a trust that you put in place when you're alive, but it's just paper. The paper itself doesn't do anything unless you retitle your assets into the name of the trust, which means if you have a house and you want it in the trust and you want that house to avoid probate, you have to do a new deed putting the name of the trust as the beneficiary on that deed. So it'd be from like me to my trust. And then now my trust owns it. And then I am the trustee, so I still have all control and right and access to it. But that's what helps you avoid probate. And you can do the same things with your bank accounts and investment accounts. There are financial advisors and other advisors, attorneys out there that will say, nobody needs a trust especially in Georgia, because our probate process is so easy compared to states like Florida and New York and California. And I used to have that philosophy, too, until I got well into doing elder law. You know, I've been doing it 17 years now. And for the first five years, I had that philosophy because that my mentors had that philosophy. But after doing that, you know, base wills for five years, And then my clients started coming back and they actually did start dying (laughs) and having other health issues. Then when we had to go through probate and all that, nobody was happy about that. They're like, I thought this wasn't a difficult process. I'm like, well, the process is not difficult. It's your estate's difficult because you have stocks in like under your mattress and, you know, things out there that you don't even know about. Or, you know, I'm sorry, your parents didn't want to go through probate. They didn't care that you lived in Washington state and had to come all the way here to do this. You know, I'm a big believer in making things as easy as possible for people if that's what their goal is. Now, not everybody has that goal, but if that's their goal, then if you want the process to go as easy as possible when you die, then having a revocable living trust is the easiest way to do that. You avoid the court process altogether. You can minimize some of your fees because there are no court fees. And it's essentially changing the name on accounts after death. And so a revocable trust does just that. Now, revocable trust, however, they don't protect any of your assets from creditors or if you want Medicaid, or if you want VA benefits. I got a call just this morning from a client who had gone to a lawyer that I know well, who I like very much, who does really good work. And he had gone to this lawyer two years ago, and the lawyer had helped them with a revocable living trust, the one that we just talked about. And now the client has memory loss. And they're thinking that in the future, and I don't know how far in the future, that nursing home care might be necessary. And so the reason for the call was to see if our law firm could review the revocable trust to make sure that all the assets are protected if they need a nursing home. And my first response without even looking at the trust was, well, if it in fact is truly revocable, then none of it's protected. You need an asset protection trust for that. And it's different. It's drafted different. And it has different purposes. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know that unless we can see the trust itself, obviously. Because some people will confuse it with what's called an irrevocable trust. Irrevocable sounds like it provides asset protection because it's irrevocable. You can't change your mind. But 
I have had some clients in the past. This one just always tears at my heart, and I'll never forget it. It was a farmer down in South Georgia that all they had was land, and it was a lot of it, but they had no cash. And his wife went into a nursing home, and he had done an irrevocable trust with a lawyer, you know, a a town lawyer who went to a three-hour seminar and done an irrevocable trust. And so they had waited their five years, because for Medicaid purposes, if you put your stuff into an irrevocable trust, then in many cases, you cannot get Medicaid for at least five years. So they waited their five years. Then they came to our office to help with the Medicaid application because we're known for that, for helping people with Medicaid. And so I looked at the trust and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work. I see that it's irrevocable, but it doesn't provide asset protection because your wife is the beneficiary of the trust, you know? And so even though you can't change it, which is a horrible thing now, she gets everything. Mm -hmm. So we had to plan a whole different way. So asset protection and irrevocable are not the same thing. So that's the third kind of estate planning is um, asset protection planning with trust, the right kind of trusts. And then the fourth kind of planning is called special needs planning. And that's very specialized, very particular to people who are planning for others who have disabilities. And it could be planning for themselves if they have disabilities so that that person, whoever has disabilities, can protect assets and still gain access to government benefits like supplemental security income and Medicaid. It's not that simple. All the more reason to to reach out to a a senior or elder law attorney uh, like yourself, Victoria. So those are the four types of estate planning. And again, I go back to what I said earlier. If you'd like to know more details about all of these, go back to one of our previous episodes there of Senior Salute there on Business Radio X. Another one of the more popular shows, I remember this one, we talked about business planning and business transitioning. We did, and in fact, we've done a couple episodes on that, and just really, as we start to have the baby boomers turning 65, and so many of them owned their own businesses, and still own their own businesses, and we're getting to the retirement years, you know, many business owners will say, I'm never going to retire. Why would I retire when I'm doing exactly what I love? And that's great. And there's others that say, man, how fast can I get out of here? Uh, But either way, it doesn't matter because retiring isn't the only way we transition through our businesses. Sometimes uh, we have to transition our business because we're getting divorced or we're disabled, we become disabled, or death. You know, all the Ds we talk about. And so what we don't want to do is enter D-Day without a plan. (laughs) Uh, And so, so business succession planning is really just good estate planning. It's making sure that you and your business can transition no matter what the reason for the transition is. And a smoother, better transition is one where we can ensure that we can increase the value of the business so you don't have to walk away from it getting nothing. Unless you're getting divorced and you want it to be worth nothing. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's a whole other show. It's a whole other show. Strategic exit. So, again, um, you know, I had uh, an estate planning client that came in and saw me a few months ago. And we did normal estate planning for he and his spouse. And then about two weeks ago, he and his business partner called and said, we need to do planning because they're growing the business. 
and my original client has now a health concern and they need a like a three-year transition plan instead of waiting till he just can't be there anymore they're doing it right they said please help us we've we think we have about three years let's put in the best plan for that and so that's strategy and then determining the right buyer is it do we hand it off to family do we give it to top management and when I say give it I mean sell it in some way do we you know sell it to a third party all of those things take thought time and planning Absolutely. And, and of course, when you when you build a business, if you start it, it's like your baby, too. You want to hand it off to the right person. You want to see it continue to grow and prosper as well. So there's the emotional attachment a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the other episodes, as we uh, talk about some of the uh, more popular episodes of 2019 here on Senior Salute, uh, we had a show we talked about avoiding probate. Right. And this is the last one I want to talk about for today to end the uh, session. And that is that avoiding probate we kind of talked a little bit about it touched on it when we're talking about the four types of estate planning but you know when i'm in the community and i'm giving presentations you know one of the questions i ask is how many people want to avoid probate every Every. hand comes up but yet people don't do what it takes to do it and so either they just don't do a plan at all or they won't do the right plan and there's a few different reasons for that number one is that a you have to see a lawyer generally to avoid probate when they try to do it on their own they'll name for example co-owners on their bank accounts because if you have a co-owner when you die the other owner becomes the owner right the downside to that is that you know I have a lot of clients that when they have done it on their own before they come to see us they may have three children but they only added one child on the account to avoid probate and also because that child is the one who's local who's helping out and yet that child's going to be the only one getting that account when they die and that's not what their intent was their intent was that everybody share equally and now we have to trust that that one child's going to do the right thing after death which you know doesn't always happen plus that one child who's maybe very helpful because they lost their job a couple years ago and now they're available to be there to help you all the time might have creditor issues and once you put that child's name on your account all of their creditors can attach to your account so they do it in what they consider the cheap way versus the right way but why do people want to avoid probate well they do know that it involves the court they do know that it can take a long time and it can cost money mm-hmm. and you know when we have disgruntled family members it can just drag that out even further and really increase the costs so avoiding probate can be positive experience if done the right way right and if you have those disgruntled family members a lot of times then by the time you're done with the arguing there's nothing left to divvy up that's right that's right the attorneys get all the money and some of the family members don't care about that, but others really need the money or want it. Yeah, they're like, I <laughs> so. don't care. I, 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 as long as so and so doesn't get the money, I don't. That's a win for them. Oh, it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, and then I know you've seen it all. I, I'd like to think that I haven't seen it all. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I've seen a lot. <laughs> good answer, by the way. For those that would like to reach out to you and, and, and talk to you about uh, elder law, asset protection, estate protection, all the things that we've talked about, what's the best way to reach out to you and find out more about the law firm? Well, I think the first place to start is really checking out our website because there's a lot of great information on the website at www.elderlawgeorgia.com. 
That's www.elderlawgeorgia.com. And the phone number? Is 470-235-7848. And again, Senior Salute Radio is brought to you by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And as we've talked about some of the more popular episodes from this year, to check out any of them and really get into more detail about what uh, Victoria talked about on today's uh, session, go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Senior Salute and you'll see a year's worth of episodes. Again, thank you for listening to Senior Salute Radio, a bi-monthly show bringing you timely information for leading age boomers. And it is available 24-7 right there on businessradiox.com. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Mike. And I want to thank our listeners. It's been a wonderful year. We salute you. Bye.